welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. Uh, a little bit to talk about this week. Uh, big game yesterday, 37-33, Michigan State beats Michigan. Uh, joined in 2012 News, joined by Matt Charbonneau, a Michigan State beat writer. And again, two times in a row, we're graced by the presence of uh, longtime, longtime <laughs> U of M beat writer, Angelique Shangelis. Um, I'm just classing up the joint, Tony. Yes, you, Sure as hell are. We need it. We need that. Uh, we need to. We need to do something. So we. Hey, by the way, I went through this whole game on Saturday. Didn't see Angelique once. You know that's ridiculous because I went over there. I saw. I saw many of your cohorts. Nonsense. You were ducking me. You know, as usual. I, I saw Bob. I saw John. I saw really everybody but Angelique. I don't know what it is. Hmm. I don't know well, who this you know, Bob you guy saw you me out too. Well, good. That's the quality. <laughs> that's the quality analysis we were looking for following that big game yesterday. Well, that's um, it. We're done. See you yeah, later. Yeah. Uh, wild game. Obviously, I mean, everyone that's listening to this, I'm sure saw the game. Um, uh, you know, Michigan took the big lead. Michigan State with the big comeback, uh, and just uh, Michigan State wins their 10 to 14 uh, against Michigan, and, and uh, Mel Tucker improves. To two and zero, thanks to uh, one named uh, Kenneth Walker the third, who um, uh, scored um, I think five touchdowns. Um, in other words, all of Michigan State's touchdowns. Uh, first person I think ever to rush for five touchdowns against Michigan. Uh, just an incredible performance by him, and really boosted his Heisman campaign. Uh, you go to DetroitNews.com now. You check out the new odds. This guy was two thousand uh, plus two thousand odds going into the game. He's now plus five hundred odds. Uh, he's oh. third, third or fourth favorite, depending on which sports book you look at. Um, so it's real now. He's he's going to New York and uh, and uh, you know he's on pace for two thousand yards and, and twenty one touchdowns or, or twenty three touchdowns or something. So um, just an impressive performance by him. Really put MSU on on his back and. And Matt, I mean, this was the—I mean, MSU knew what it needed to do, and uh, it needed to win this game if they were to be taken seriously. And I think, I think, I think they're taking seriously now. Well, yeah, that's interesting too. I think you're right, but it was someone asked Jaden Reed about that, and he says we got to do this every year. They got to prove themselves themselves every year, uh, and it is kind of interesting in this this series when you look back over 14, 15 years now that Michigan State's always in that position that they need to prove themselves. But you know. It is also the reality of the season when you're coming off of what they've come off of. So, um, but yeah, you're right to have Kenneth Walker. I mean, what else can you say about this guy? Obviously two weeks ago against Indiana was, eh, you know, a couple games in there, whatever. And so people were wondering, and you had to say, everyone was saying he needs to have his moment on a big stage. And I don't know if you can have a bigger moment, uh, than what we saw. Cause you're right. You take him off of that roster yesterday and I'm not sure Michigan state had a lot of answers. Um, Oh, I think you they know, lose couple, 33 to nothing. <laughs> I don't think they lose 33 to nothing. I mean, they weren't going to not score, but I think that's a little, that, that's pushing it a little bit. Um, that said, you, you have to have him and have that to make everything else work. Obviously we've seen that all season long. It's certainly not a one dimensional team, but that one dimension is really integral and in everything else working. So, you know, Peyton Thorne had a couple, you know, that one decision early to throw that deep interception wasn't that big of a deal is kind of like a punt. Um, and the other interception was a batted pass. So I don't think, even though things weren't going well early, uh, certainly he was a lot better late. You know, he still played pretty well. And they and they went through that whole second half without Jalen Naylor, who's 
you know, had a cast on his right hand. That's a big thing to watch here for the next couple of weeks. I'm sure we'll get real in-depth analysis from Mel Tucker on that. Um, so that's something to pay attention to. So, you know, those other guys, they did what they had to do. They didn't protect Peyton Thorne very well, but Kenneth Walker is the, I mean, obviously he's the key to it all. And, and what, a, what, what a day, I mean, that was pretty damn impressive from that. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it was a historic day for, for Walker and, um, you know, he needed that high visibility game to boost his Heisman candidacy and, and we'll get the ratings here in a little bit. Um, but I have a, I have a feeling the ratings for this game are going to be astronomical. Um, it already, uh, according to Fox, is expected to be the second most bet game in all of football this year behind the Super Bowl. Um, so there was a, a ton of interest in this game, and uh, Kenneth Walker took full advantage of, of the spotlight and uh, and put himself right on the map. Um, he's third, uh, I think he's third via, via DraftKings for the Heisman, and he's fourth on at BetMGM, the two that I checked this morning. Um, so, uh, big for him and big for Michigan state. They now have everything in front of them. You know, look, we'll see what happens. They still have Ohio state. You know, I, I don't think we're sitting here going, Oh good. They're, you know, they're in the playoff now. I, I mean, they got a long way to go, uh, but there ain't no with another win over Michigan on the flip side, uh, Michigan suffers its first loss. Another, you know, we see this from Michigan a lot, you know, they just, they just find find a way to, to come out on the wrong end um, of this rivalry and for the last 14 years, most of the time. And, but we talked about this going into the game. I think Matt and I touched on a couple of weeks ago that we were going to find out a lot about both of these teams. And one of the possibilities was we may find out they're both really good teams. And I think that's exactly what we found out yesterday. Yes. Michigan made some mistakes. The JJ McCarthy fumble was huge. I think they got a little soft on their play calling, a little cautious on their play calling um, when Michigan State was giving them the pass. Uh, some of the third down running calls, I think, you know, they got a little cautious. They made some mistakes, but Michigan's a damn good team, Angelique, and they lost this game. They're not going to the playoff, um, but uh, maybe we, I don't think they're going to the playoff. They're, I don't think either of these teams are beating Ohio State, my opinion, um, but I think we still learned a lot about Michigan yesterday. Damn good seems a little bit of a stretch to me. Tony, I always thought they were good. I never thought that this was a great team. I think um, I think our they, editors are going to probably edit out. They didn't get a rushing anyway. touchdown. <laughs> they didn't get a rushing touchdown yesterday. And that, running the ball was our bread and butter. And that's partly on Michigan State, but it's also on the play calling. And, again, I am going to harp on this like I harped on Jay Harbaugh being the running backs coach the last couple of years. They have not – this red zone issue is a big issue – and, you know, they went at, at Nebraska. They're in the zone. They, they took six trips. There were six trips in the red zone, came away with four field goals. Six trips to Michigan State, four field goals. That's not a knock on Jake Moody. He's doing a great job. But um, I don't know what it is. I know it's not always. You can't always expect a touchdown at, at, at that point. But it seems to be an issue. The points are adding up. They're leaving a lot of points out there. Um, but I think, you know, when you look at, at – the running game. I mean, Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum came into this game each with 10 touchdowns and there's nothing, you know, they've got nothing to show for it. And on the defensive side, Kenneth Walker was great, but there was also, I, I haven't seen this t defense look this. Uh, I mean, they missed a lot of tackles. There was a lot of, you know, like grabbing, but not, not tackling, not, not wrapping up that kind of thing. And, and I think you got to look at, at Mike McDonald. He's been getting a lot of praise, Michigan's defensive coordinator. And there were some substitution issues. They looked confused at times. They didn't get set up at times. 
and and Penn State, uh, Penn State, pardon me, Michigan State took advantage of that. And, um, you know, so Michigan State did a lot of good. And I think Michigan did, a, you know, after that lead, and you, you mentioned this a little bit, uh, you were sort of touching on it. This is Michigan has had a problem with closing and under Jim Harbaugh, closing in the fourth quarter, closing out games, closing in the final quarter of, of the season. And when you look at the, how they finish out every, every November is, is a struggle. Um, so I think that this is something that they have to address. And, and I don't know if that's uh, coaching. I don't know if that's the players got to, got to, um, they've got to change something because this I think has been a trend under Jim Harbaugh. All right. Well, you mentioned it. I think uh, I, I'll touch on, on the defensive defensive coordinator. Defense, uh, that was that was total preparation on Michigan State's part. They knew that Michigan could get caught in those situations, and and on, you know, and they and they rushed. They knew you could see Thorne. He knew it right away both those times that snap the ball and we're gonna make something good happen here. That's preparation, and Michigan State always seems very prepared for this game. Uh, maybe a little bit more than Michigan. Um, the running game, yeah, that was huge. Michigan State had to stop them, and and that's what made me nervous about picking, you know, going with the Spartans. If I, you know, which I didn't, I ended up going with Michigan because I felt like the running, the two-headed monster running game. But Michigan State's plan, Matt, clearly was, look, you know, these guys are good. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna take that away, and we're gonna give them the passing game, and they did. And Cade McNamara took advantage of that in the first half, and um, I think uh, Michigan maybe forced the issue a little bit with some of the trying to force the run game when they were given the entire field for the pass. I think they, I think Michigan state made a choice and, um, and, and I don't think Michigan adapted to that as well. Well, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. And I think we've seen that from the MSU defense most of the year where they've said multiple times, we don't believe a certain quarterback can beat us. We're going to, we're going we're gonna to make that happen. See if, if it happens, then tip of the cap to you. Now, Cade McNamara played well enough to where it almost happened. And you can pin some of this blame on the Michigan coaching staff of still putting in JJ McCarthy, though. I believe on that last fumble, wasn't McNamara, he he was hurt or something, something was going on where he had to come out. So, you know, I'm not going to, I don't know, Angelique, do you know if he was, if he was hurt? Well, it's, I did not notice him until he came out of the medical tent. Um, I did, I did uh, message Doug Karsh, who's Michigan sideline reporter on radio, because he's the one who reported that he was in the tent. And because um, I thought it was just, OK, they're putting JJ in. I'm not sure why. And then I, Cade was on the sideline. He said it was not until after the fumble that he went into the tent uh, that came okay. out, went into the tent. But Harbaugh was sort of saying he didn't say a lot after that game yesterday. But um, he, <laughs> he, said, he, did, he said very little for even for him. It was like he four minutes. Little. Yeah. And um, he did he did suggest that there, there was something going on with McNamara uh, medical physically yeah. that that they didn't put him out there. Well, I mean, certainly that obviously helped uh, Michigan State, because I think if, if McNamara is in at that point, that doesn't happen. You know, who knows? Who knows what goes on after that point? I, you know, I don't know if they get a first down or whatever, um, but I don't think the fumble happens. But but Michigan State has a, has approached pretty much every game like this saying. We're going to take away what we think is your strength and let the other guy beat us. Um, again, it came really close. But here's the other thing, too. And I know Michigan's had issues in the red zone. I, I, that's fair. Michigan State's defense has been pretty damn good in the red zone this year in terms mm-hmm. of giving up touchdowns. You know, middle of the pack in terms of red zone scores. But they were giving up, you know, less than 45% touchdowns coming into this game. 
um, which was roughly top 25-ish, top 30 in the country. So while they've been giving up big chunks of passing yardage, which they did again, they've, for the most part, been keeping teams out of the end zone on a pretty regular basis. Now, they haven't been getting up the the big plays like they did early in this game. That, That hadn't been around for a little bit, so that was... You know, certainly something they weren't counting on, but uh, defensively, it's it's kind of weird. You look at this team and you look at the numbers and you think, well, they probably didn't play very well. But when it came right down to it, they took away this running attack, which has been so good this year, and they made big plays late in the game. You know, you get that interception on the last the last drive. I mean, at that point, you, you complete that pass. Now Michigan's in a position where every throw from that point is going in the end zone, and yet anything's happening at that point. Yet they come up with a big play from a freshman. We've seen that a lot this year, late in games, when they need to make a play to make something happen, to put a game away, they do it. And they did it again in this game. And, you know, the numbers won't say this is a great defense because they're not great. But they've been pretty darn good when it matters most. And they were again, they were again yesterday. So it's hard to knock them, but it can be frustrating for fans (laughs) watching all those those passes fly around out there. But I I think you got to give Cade McNamara a lot of credit, too. I mean, he looked really good to me. They looked really good. yeah, he could he he could have. Uh, I just feel like they could have let him take the game over. And uh, yeah, the coaching staff on Michigan. I think that they still had some hesitation with him. I think early on they were aggressive. And look, Blake Corum catches that slant. You know, it's seventeen nothing, and and that would have been huge as well. Um, he drops that pass that I think would have gone for six. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's seventeen nothing at the beginning of the game instead of what it ends up being, which is ten to seven. A huge momentum shift. Yes, they got down again later but they stayed in the game early when it looked like Michigan could have put it away I just uh but you know Michigan State's deep it isn't it isn't a typical Michigan State defense in the past when they were so good they picked their spots and and they chose and I think they chose right yesterday and I and I think Michigan had an opportunity to maybe uh adapt and um and say all right Kate you know this this is you and I think that they hesitated and and I think that that proved um, big in the end there are a lot of things that proved big in the end obviously you know, there's going to be talk about the officiating as there always is in this game. Um, uh, the one call, Angelique, the one call uh, that I would agree with Michigan fans on is um, is the the fumble and the Hayden, Hayden Hutchinson recovery for a touchdown, uh, which was early. That would have been a huge game. Also would have won me a $200 square, but we'll get in. We don't need to really get into that, but no big deal. Um, I'm not sure that the call was right immediately but i get why refs make that call because in real time it looks like that's fumble and that's whatever i'm not sure that was the right call immediately but given the call on the field i can't believe um given all the replays we got to see that they turned that over i I mean you couldn't see the ball uh, in most of the replays and yet they do turn that over huge play in that game i think if michigan fans have a gripe it's that play yeah, no, for sure. And that is the, the the focus. And it sort of reminded me, I was thinking back to uh, 2016 Michigan, Ohio State, JT was short play. You know, you, you think they're going to, they're not going to overturn that when it goes to review. And that's what I thought, well, they're not going to overturn this, this. And because I did not see a conclusive, a conclusive angle that, um, that caused the decision to overturn. So I do think that, I mean, that was, that would have been an enormous uh, momentum shift, I think. Not that they needed it at that point, they're leading, but just to keep it rolling for them. Um, I think that there were a couple others. I, I remember, um, you know, I, I, there was a no call. It was a face mask on Haskins. I mean, I'm watching that through my binoculars and I go, oh, that's face mask. And everybody around me was saying, yeah, and they didn't call it. And, you know, I think that um, Cade mentioned the, he thought it was a pass interference late on uh, Cornelius Johnson play. Yeah, and- that's, that's, that's fair call. 
Yeah. And I, and there was another one in, in, in real time watching it, um, the Andrel Anthony hold on the end around. Um, I think that that's another, another play that I think Michigan, uh, Michigan staff at least, or they would highlight that one. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it always had, there's always officiating issues in every game that just seem like a couple of these are glaring and, and people focus on it, but that's not, what costs a game like this? You know, it doesn't. It doesn't come down to that. No. And, uh, you know, to be fair, there were a couple of calls on Michigan State that I think Michigan State fans could have been upset about, too. I think the, the roughing the passer late was – Right. Could have been a very big, very big call that was very touch and go. And there was a holding early on uh, that they got called for that, looked, you know, there's holding – there's a lot of holdings that don't get called. There's a lot of holdings that do get called that you wonder why they did. So, um, it is what it is. The Hutchinson one was big. But, again – Michigan still had the opportunities to win this game, and uh, Michigan State is Matt is just relentless. Uh, I mean, they they've just in this rivalry, <laughs> uh, whether it's D'Antonio or Tucker uh, or a good team or a bad team, Michigan State wise, they just they just don't give an inch. When, even when it looks like it's over, I mean, sixteen Look. points. I did text Angelique by the way during, when they were down sixteen, and I said, "Oh, you know, I might actually get a prediction right because I picked Michigan." And she told me, she's like, it's not over. And you're right. <laughs> uh, I know that because I go back to – I because I know how they don't close out. They, they don't, don't games the way they, they don't should. Close, they don't close. They don't step on the neck. And Michigan right. State Michigan State doesn't let up. I mean, and, and so you, that's a bad combination in the rivalry for one side. And an example of that, and I go back to 2015, the trouble with the snap game. People are like, oh, flute play, flute play. And I always say, no, no. It's not for Clay because Michigan they State rushed eleven. They never they run, quit on that. They play. rushed eleven white jerseys, <laughs> and they just never. You know, they didn't. It looked like the game was over, right? Everybody, everybody's smiling, and the Michigan fans in the state, and they did not stop playing. And you know, so that to me is really a capsule of of how Michigan State is just, um, you know, to use the Jim Harbaugh word, gritty, and and doesn't doesn't quit on games, you know, yet, they, they just keep finishing. Yet here's what's going to happen. And it leads to my question. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to be a year from now and we're going to go into the game and it's going to be a similar narrative. It's going to be how Michigan will probably win. And I want my, my, my question really is when do we stop being surprised? When does it stop being, wow, look what Michigan state did. And I'm oh, not saying I, you, I'm not yeah, saying you Angelique or people specifically, I'm talking in a, as a general uh, theme, you know, I mean, you can't say anything else other than the last 15 years that Michigan State has absolutely controlled slash dominated this series. Yet every year we're sitting here going, wow, look what Michigan State did. And look, I get in specific years. It makes, yeah, they're not as good every year. I get it. But it just feels like in general, it's, and, and Jaden Reed again talked about that yesterday. We have to prove ourselves every single year. And at what point, and maybe this is more of a Michigan thing than Michigan State, at what point do we just assume Michigan's going to do certain things? And Michigan State isn't. I, 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 I did, this series just magnifies. Uh, I think. I, I think a lot of that. Look, a lot of that is national narrative, and and well, big blue. Big blue is the brand, and Michigan State is is the little brother. Uh, that's not going to change, even though mm-hmm. you know Michigan hasn't been a blue blood for many, many years. I mean, many years. Um, and but that's the that's the brand, and that is what it is. It's why Michigan. Look, it's why Michigan was the favorite in this game. Michigan was the favorite in this game. Uh, because of the national brand and because more people, 
you know, nationally that don't have a vested interest in these two programs are going to look at Michigan as the better team. That said, more money came in on Michigan State in this game. Uh, because You know, so there there is some respect in, in some regards, but the surprise factor is over. I mean, nobody, nobody, I don't think anyone was surprised necessarily by yesterday. Last year when they're three touchdown favorites, maybe. But, uh, you know, in this rivalry, Michigan State finds a way. And, um, and it means the world to them. I mean, clearly. I think it was, you know, I, I think all in all, a great game. I mean, it was a tremendously fun to watch, even if you have a pit in your stomach, if you're a Michigan or a Michigan State fan. Um, sometimes these games are just brutal to watch. They're sickening, um, you know, but yesterday's game was just a blast. I don't know how it was for you guys. But. Great, great game. You're right, too. And I think we, we lose that in the 15 game as well. Before that last play was a, right. was a great game as well. Um, but the other thing, just real quick on this, I assume everybody saw Xavier Henderson after the game, the, the classic you can tell you're a senior and you're not playing in this rivalry again moment right. where he just lights everybody on fire because he doesn't got to go out there on the field again. But that's the kind of stuff that Michigan State people absolutely love. And I think it shows a little bit of the difference of what it means to each program. You know, I don't, you know, does that everything? No. But as you mentioned, Kenneth Walker, all the new guys got a crash course. You can believe, you can predict all the sayings and phrases and video clips that were in what they learned about it and going way back all the stuff about Michigan, not wanting Michigan, all that stuff is in there. And that's when you hear coming out from a dude like Xavier Henderson. Um, and, and it was interesting though, too. He made it really clear. His gripe was with all the former players because he was really complimentary of guys like, um, of it, like all how they were going at it the whole game, how Andrew oh. Anthony ran away from him. He's like, I couldn't oh, yeah. catch him, you know? Oh. So it wasn't about the guys on the, you know, he said, yeah, we're talking while we're out there, but we're all doing it. I'm talking to him. He's talking to me. It's just the way it is. Um, so it wasn't the guys on the team right now. It's all that other stuff. So I just, you know, yeah, it was no, you could, well, for, for what Matt's talking about, if you haven't seen the clip, check it out at DetroitNews.com. Xavier Henderson, you know, all the post-game interviews were kind of boring. And then Xavier Henderson yeah. comes in, you know, they're lighting couches on fire uh, at Cedar village. And uh, Xavier Henderson comes in and lights some fire of his own, just teeing off on, on the former the former Wolverines. And look, and you mentioned it too. There's a ton of respect of the people playing in the game for each other. I think people lose sight of that, but you could see that yesterday on the field. A lot of respect for the players on the. But there's not a whole lot of respect for the people of yesteryear who run their mouth. And um, and by the way, it's usually yeah. Michigan, it's usually the Michigan but, people. But I don't have a. And I'll let you hold on, Angelique, just really quick. I just want to say one. What, well, I hope one day we let Mike Hart off the hook. He was a good quote in college, and he, you know, he made a comment. You know, I hope someday we let him off the hook. I had more of an issue last week with the whole Braylon Edwards thing, saying he doesn't know one guy in NMSU's defense, and then yesterday doubled down after Xavier Henderson's comments came out and said, "Oh, I still stand by it. I don't know anybody on the, you know." So I have more of a problem with him. I hope, I hope for God's sake, some someday. Mike Hart is let off the hook for being a senior and making a comment that okay. was funny at the time. And, you know, I wrote a story six years ago in the Detroit <laughs> talking to Mike Hart saying, I, you know, I apologize. I wish I hadn't said it, you know, <laughs> and he has done that a few times. Like he was 21, even the comment he made about Jim Harbaugh when he was a senior, but you know, he's not a Michigan man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's just getting beaten to death, but um, I will also tell you, you know, I, I get a lot of texts from former Michigan players who are embarrassed by the Taylor Lewan video that came out, embarrassed by whatever Braylon Edwards said. But it's also like uh, maybe you could count them on a, one hand. It's not like right. 
entire former Michigan football family, you know, the, the families, I guess, of the football players is out there ripping every guy I talk to. They're like, oh, my God, I totally respect Michigan State. Oh, you know, and especially these last 15 years, as Matt pointed out, the guys I talk to are, are pretty sharp and understand the rivalry. So I think the focus on God, the guys like Taylor, Lawan and Braylon just blows my mind and, you know, but whatever. I mean, I get it. Teams use whatever they can for motivation. And if that, if that meant something to, uh, to them, then more power to them. Well, but yeah, it clear, it clearly, fair to yeah, say yeah, that it's the yeah. entire Michigan, former Michigan, you know, group that, well, they there. give away they give away pretty valued uh, degrees at U of M, and I think a lot of the former players are pretty smart too, and can look at a uh, Wikipedia and look at the last fifteen years and maybe shut your mouth and realize. Oh, that, I got one know, today. You know, I got like, a text this morning, and he uh, this guy said um, the first thing he texts me is uh, he goes former Wolverines would be wise after all these years of Sparty beating our blank to shut their damn mouths. So. <laughs> A general sense yeah and who was that i'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> fly that in <laughs> oh, whatever no i i think that's you know it is funny though that it is usually the michigan alums and not the michigan state alums michigan state michigan state fans are are getting pretty cocky but the michigan state alums kind of set back and let things unfold throughout the week and and then if they win that then they'll be celebrating but uh they wait they wait till it happens and then they yeah we say that oh you maybe you shouldn't say anything but you know it makes our job fun we get to report on it yeah. and, and, you know Don't people you, think, you put a little brother in the headline say, and your clicks go right through the roof baby so Michigan I mean, State like, oh, loves yeah. this though I mean, oh, the absolutely. they thrive on it so they might say oh we want more respect but they also really love that they get this I'm, I'm sure this is a gift to every coach at Michigan State that they've got this. They can just say, look, these guys don't give a blank about us, and they never have. And and I know that would motivate me. I mean, I, I certainly know that, that, you know, that's the way I'm wired, so I would be motivated. So I think it's it's a really nice little thing that Michigan State has that they can always fall back on well, when they're getting the- – it's the school and it's it's the athletic department in general. I mean, Tom Izzo, man, will tell you, thrives on this crap too. I mean, if they get a seed he doesn't respect or they're not ranked going into the season like this year, he loves that crap. He'd prefer it. We look at a lot of their final four runs as, as worse seeds. I mean, they love this crap. You know, it's it, it they, they thrive on it. Some people do. And when you're Michigan State and you are the number two thought of program in your state, then you have to get something, you know, you're going to have to embrace that because you're never going to be number one in the eyes of the majority of the public. You're just not. And so when this stuff happens, you know, it's a gift for you and, and you thrive on it. Um, we'll see how it goes from here. Now, the lat, there are a lot of, and I put this on Twitter today, and looking ahead, uh, Michigan, by the way, Michigan State is ranked sixth in the coaches poll, 10th in the, uh, Michigan is ranked 10th. Um, the AP poll is coming out shortly. We're recording this, so just before the AP poll comes out uh, on Halloween here on Sunday. But um, looking ahead, Michigan State has Purdue, which a lot of Michigan State fans like me, my first year at Michigan State was 1999. A lot of parallels, by the way. They both met as undefeateds. Michigan State's coach left for LSU in 99. Michigan State's coach where this might, is leave, going. might leave for LSU in, 19, in 2021. But also, the game after Michigan State uh, Michigan was at Purdue. And Michigan State ended up losing that game. Now, that was back in the day when Michigan State was ripe with letdowns. You know, it hasn't been nearly the case under – it wasn't the case under D'Antonio. They, and, they, and oh, by the way, Drew Brees doesn't play for Purdue anymore. So yeah. I think that that's a, you know, that's a possibility, but Michigan state still has a lot in front of them. I mean, look, you got Purdue, you got Maryland, you got Penn state, you got Ohio state. You could be, 
theoretically could be 12 and 0. All right. If, if lightning strikes and you beat Ohio State, it's happened before. You also could be 9 and 3, 10 and 2 if you're not careful. So looking ahead, Matt, and, and Naylor's injury is going to be key to watch here. We're going to find out hopefully a little bit more about that soon. But looking ahead, um, uh, this is a big week coming up for them just to validate, you know. Yeah. Well, one thing I can guarantee you, pretty guarantee you, Iowa, you know, not sure how good Iowa is. But, no, uh, uh, guarantee you is the update you will get on Jalen Naylor is that he'll be ready when he's ready. In other words, Mel Tucker will tell you nothing. So we're going to be guessing on that right up until, you know, around three o'clock on Saturday. Um, but I, I think that's, it's pretty big. I mean, it's not like he's an offensive lineman and just wrap the darn thing up and, and go out there and play. We're still a little unsure exactly how he did it, but uh, who knows? The point is he had that cast on. He wanted to go back in. They didn't put him back in. We'll see. Obviously, Jaden Reed became targeted a ton in that second half. Um, but that's that's going to be a big thing. If you lose any one of those guys in there, those four guys, Walker, Reed, Naylor, Thorne, it's going to affect things. Obviously, I think you can get by a little bit more losing one of those receivers than either Thorne or Walker, but we'll have to see. And you're right, Purdue is not – I think it actually helps Michigan State that Purdue did beat Iowa a couple of weeks ago so that they – you know, so Mel Tucker can use that and say, you guys don't stay focused and just wander in there. They're going to beat you. So I think that helps. You're right, Drew Brees isn't coming back. So um, this is – it's a whole new approach now for Michigan State, right? They can say before the season, here was – these were our goals. You know, we expect to win and compete for all this, and that's great, and I, every team thinks that. Now you're in a position where that stuff's all real, right? This is now a reality. You're eight, eight and oh, conceivably 10 and oh, going to Ohio state. How does that affect your mind? How does it affect the way you approach things? Does it change? Can you stay on that same path? That's going to be tested over these next two weeks. Uh, because I think either of these games, Purdue or Maryland, you don't come in ready to play something crazy can happen and you lose. So I think that's the biggest thing to focus on right now, other than seeing if Jalen Naylor is healthy or not, because otherwise they're relatively in pretty good shape at this point. All right, no, it's it's big, uh, you know. You, you know, I mean, I mean, look, you got you're staring at a you're staring at a possible college football playoff if you went out. Um, you're staring at the the Rose Bowl if, potentially if you don't. And uh, I mean, it just, I mean, you know, everything's right there. I mean, for a team that was picked to to be very terrible, um, what a lot of fun Michigan State has, has given us. On the flip side, you know, Michigan's got to bounce back, and they still have plenty to play for. Angelique, they got a. Uh, Big game, uh, you know, they got to they play Indiana, and then they got Penn State still. They got Ohio State still. They also have Maryland. Um, so plenty to play for for them. Um, and, you know, we, I'll be interested to see how things change from the play calling perspective, from an offensive perspective, if Cade McNamara, if they just turn them loose. Uh, and, you know, after I, I think he proved a lot to a lot of people yesterday. Well, yeah, I mean, turn him loose. But one thing I wanted to mention is Andrew Anthony, you know, the right, freshman. Yeah. He was spectacular, but it – it also, you know, I, I have many times throughout this years wondered why it takes them so long to get clearly talented guys on the field. And this was game eight. And he played, you know, he had a six-yard gain against Northwestern. But this was the first time he was a really, um, you know, he had 10 targets in this game, six, six catches, 155 yards. The guy looks like he has star potential to me. And I wondered why it took him so long to identify that and get him on the field. But, yeah. I mean, they've got, I mean, I use, you know, the winless in the Big Ten, but they got Penn State, Maryland, both five and three, two and three in the Big Ten, and obviously the big one against Ohio State. They've got to hope Michigan State stumbles. Michigan has to hope that, and um, and that they can catch Ohio State. I thought coming into this stretch that Michigan would have to win two of those three games, and I'm talking Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State. So now they've lost one, and they've got to beat Penn State and Ohio State. Now, that seems like a pretty – 
I mean, that's at Penn State, and I don't care. You know, Penn State looked better against Ohio State. So I don't know. I mean, you could also say that they could lose those three games, and then you start talking about Jim Harbaugh again. And, you know, how, how hot is he going to be? Pretty, pretty hot. So um, there's a lot left here. In, in, but, I mean, it's, it could go so many different ways for Michigan, and I'm really, really going to be fascinated to watch this, as usual. Yeah. 